Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. Join me as we have a real life discussion on how to change your life by changing your thoughts. Remember, question everything, trust yourself, and find your truth. Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. This is the one and only podcast where we discuss solutions to living free in an unfree world. Yes, I said it, living free in an unfree world. I know we're living in crazy and stressful times with new pressures being put on us daily, but the good news is you do not have to succumb to this fear-fueled drama. If you've ever wanted to wake up in the morning and know that your life is 100% moving in the direction that you have set, not one that has been set for you, then you're in the right place and you are ready for the Create What You Speak podcast. It's a perspective you simply can't hear anywhere else. So this week, I'm really excited to bring to you one of the leaders in the crypto industry. I have Anthony Bertolino. Anthony brings seven plus years of cross-disciplinary experience in strategy, customer support, sales, and marketing. He's focused on expanding the iTrust brand through strategic partnerships while helping ensure clients receive a memorable experience at every touch point. Anthony studied blockchain technology at the University of California, Berkeley, and is passionate about building early fundamental investments, um, it, about building early fundamental investments for crypto assets and their associated networks. So I'm really excited about this conversation today. Talking about crypto and anything to do with finances is um, really exciting to me. Um, so Anthony is going to tell us all about that. Anthony, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Very happy to be here. You know, living free in an unfree world is something that I started trying to do after college when I read a really good book. And uh, you're, you're speaking my language here for sure. <laughs> okay, cool. What was the book you read? You know what? I actually thought it was... Uh, you know, how I found freedom in an unfree world by Harry Brown. So uh -huh. uh, he ran for libertarian president. And, um, you know, it's all about just how to live a, a freer and happier life. And don't let a lot of these uh, people hold you down. And you don't have to actually worry about certain things. And you kind of create your own future. So right. I love that, because that's, that's really the basis of the show. And I, you know, I talk a lot on the show about a lot of this, um, these feelings of feeling unfree are in our mind, right? We put these parameters in our mind or they're, they're, they're systematically instilled in us as we grow up, right? And we just take them as face value. And I think now if, if there's ever a time to start questioning those things is, um, it was yesterday, but even better is today, right? In conversations like this, um, these are really meant to, spark the those ideas and help people see things um from a different perspective so um why don't you start out? i know i read your bio but why don't you start out just telling the listeners a little bit about you um in your words yeah so i definitely echo you on that i mean you know society has put a lot of us in this box and there's the societal norms that we think we have to f uh, fit into and it often makes the life that we live um, not be what it could be if we were to break out of these. So I've been a, a crypto investor, an analyst, and sort of in the industry for well over five years. Um, my particular subject matter expert area is in crypto retirement accounts, decentralized finance, and sort of fundamental analysis of these crypto networks. So the first part is where I am like professionally. I work for iTrust Capital. We're the largest crypto retirement account provider in the U.S., so this ability to essentially invest in crypto, but with tremendous tax benefits. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the IRS is continuing to really encroach and increase their taxation of Americans. And luckily, we have access to these great tax harbor vehicles called IRAs that so few people know about. And so that's what I do full time, the VP of growth. 
outside of that is still, you know, most of my waking hours is still spending crypto, right? Studying these networks, studying, studying decentralized finance and just sort of this new emerging technology stack and really sort of cultural and social phenomenon where tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs around the world were sick and tired of the current financial system and the current political landscape. And we're rebuilding the world from the ground up using decentralized networks. Right. Which is to me again, just it's, it's, it's life-changing. The stuff we're talking about is life-changing, right? If, if, um, if people are willing to pay attention to it. So let's start off. I have so many questions, but let's start off with kind of a general overview of some definitions. So what is DeFi? Like what is decentralized versus centralized? And maybe even some real high level definitions of crypto, blockchain, you know, things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. So the first, I would just say, you know, decentralized versus centralized um, or centralized finance versus decentralized. So uh, centralizes anything that relies on a single point of failure or a single point of contact for approval, permission to do anything. So a bank is a perfect example of a centralized actor that stores your money. And if they don't answer your phone calls or if they don't open the door, your money is stored with that centralized person, right? So you have this single point of failure as opposed to with you know decentralized system, there's likely a lot of access points. There's a lot of redundancies. and um, when you have things that are decentralized, it inherently makes them more anti-fragile, less likely to break because you don't have these single points of failure. Um, and, and the world of centralized finance and decentralized finance, it's sort of just the existing incumbent system of, uh, system of you need permission to store your money. You don't know how to manage your money. We're going to lock it up and secure it for you. If you want to get a loan, you better ask us permission um, and you sort of better prove yourself with the new world of decentralized finance. It's you can be your own bank. You can store your own money. If you want to interact with other people through, you know, these sort of trust minimized smart contracts, you can do that. And it's analogous to, to um, before the internet came around, how was communication, how was commerce done? It was all analog, right? And then the internet came and changed communication. It changed business. I mean, we are here because of this new like, internet VoIP that we're on, right? Zoom. And right. decentralized finance and crypto assets, blockchain networks are doing the same thing for money and economic coordination. And we're just at the early stages of that. Right. So in some of this, you know, the, we hear these terms thrown around and we, in, we are, you know, what does this mean to me? You know, that's, that's the question I often ask. So that, that ability to be your own bank and legit do that. I've talked about that on some of my other shows where you can, um, I think I gave the example once of there was, um, you know, this guy I knew he wanted to, he bought crypto, but he wanted to take a loan out to, um, pay, he, he wanted to paint his house, but he didn't want to cash in his crypto. Right. And he was able to loan against that crypto, have access to his cash on his terms. Right. Not like, please bank, will you loan me the money? Right. Mother may I type scenario, like, and hoping for the best and having it take three or four months. Right. Where with, with this, we're talking about like, like instant, right. This isn't like, we don't have the, the, um, you know, the lag time that we do with banks or the, just all of the, the crap that we have to go through, right. When we're dealing with a bank. So, um, this, again, this, this, it, 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 we're, I feel like we're at, and, and why I want to talk about this too, is because we are at the early stages of this. So there's so much opportunity. There's so much already in place that, that is just amazing for people, but then all the stuff that's yet to be developed, right. As well. There there's to me that that's so exciting. Agreed completely. And so, you know, when you look at just the simple of 
just like how you can hold cash under your bed or you can hold gold, uh, you can bury your gold, you can hold your real cryptos with you know your private keys on your phone or on a hardware right. wallet where you can hop on a plane to Mexico and be like, you know, I'm dipping. Now, there might be some tax questions and legal questions right now, depending on what kind of person you are, you likely need to speak for those things. But just to have that ability, you know, uh, immigrants have left Iran and their gold would be confiscated. But if they had a phone in their pocket or even, you know, things called a brain wallet where you actually just memorize right. the private key in your brain, no one can stop you, right? That's just you and God and, and the world. Um, and so that's just to be able to store your assets. And then, as you mentioned, sort of maybe being able to take out a loan. Right. Um, so that's one offering that decentralized finance has to offer one single offering. And that is like person to person trustless loans. Right. Mm -hmm. Where instead of, you know, 50 bankers who review all the paperwork and then approve you and then have a risk management team and a credit score. Instead, you're just interacting with a 24 seven open source, auditable, completely transparent network. And you say, hey, I'm going to deposit my money and I'm going to borrow some other money and you have to just pay an interest rate. And, you know, whether it's an exchange, whether it's a bank, whether it's credit, like there's so many offerings in DeFi that, I mean, I live most of my life in decentralized finance. I really don't even like the banks. I don't like having permission and um, it, it, things should get easier to use over time. Right. And right now it does require a little bit of expertise, but we're, we're solving those issues quickly. Right. So let's talk a little bit about because I'm always curious about how things came about. I mean, I think the obvious, it's obvious why, right? There is this need that there was a, a statistic I read recently somewhere that like one third of the, of the world population does not have access to banking. And there's various reasons for that, right? All over the world. But um, so there's an obvious need there, right? There's a certain segment of the population that just simply doesn't have the access, which limits them to various things in the world. But then, you know, if we think about, maybe people who are used to banking or maybe don't really didn't really think that there was a problem there but now seeing this and thinking wait a minute yeah why is it that way right why is it always that way why do i have to go through 50 hoops to get my money or why do they limit when you know if i want to go to the atm why are they limiting that i can only take out you know so much money right so can you talk a little bit about how DeFi came to be maybe your um experience with that and what you see as an impact as the impact to the marketplace yeah totally so um a good lineup before sort of the history is, as you mentioned, the first world versus the third world kind of countries, right? You know, in these third world countries, a lot of them don't even have bank accounts. They're they're trading these like maybe paper currencies. In some case, a lot of bartering is still happening in right. third world countries, right? You know, you're trading uh, a piece of uh, sheepskin for some food, right? And that's just a bartering economy. Right now, unfortunately, there is no economic incentive for big financial institutions or banks or big economic powerhouses to go there and set up banks for them, right? Like they don't want their sheep. They only want to profit maximalist, right? Right, exactly. So the third world countries are going to be some of the first people to adopt this new technology mm -hmm. and to touch the first world country, you know, we have access to banking, we have access to stocks and credit, but it is through these centralized, arguably unethical, um, arguably very greedy entities who are sort of capturing this value and extracting as much from they can as from us and then seemingly have regulators to like protect them, which is so right. bizarre. Right. And so the reason why crypto was invented is to do a little history in the nineties, there were these guys called cypherpunks, right? These, mm -hmm. these guys yeah. loved cryptography, they loved privacy and they tried to make various different iterations of digital money, right? There was like Beagle, there was e-money. Um, there was these different attempts at what, what became Bitcoin, but they didn't work. So over the course of five years, all these guys, they were trying these 
um, economic e-money experiments. It didn't work. Finally, something called Bitcoin was announced and it seemed like it took the ideas of all these different guys and put it into one true essence that actually worked. And it was released right after the bank's bailout. So it was almost mm -hmm. like these guys, they finally cracked the puzzle, time to destroy the banks. We make this new decentralized money. Bitcoin is now 12 years later, incredibly solid as a technological foundation, uh, as an economic store of value. It's obviously incredibly volatile, which is why it's so attractive. You know, you have right. this sort of, uh, quantifiably scarce digital asset versus money printer, just brrr, right, printing yep. the money. Mm -hmm. right. And now the issue with Bitcoin is it's it can store your value, but you can't do these like more sophisticated like economic loans without a, a Bitcoin bank, right? Like right. BlockFi and Celsius. These guys say, send me your Bitcoin and I'll let you earn interest and I'll, or I'll give you a credit loan. So we want to defeat that. And that's where Ethereum and Vitalik Buterin who were, were a part of the Bitcoin community. And they said, hey, Bitcoin's great. I like to be able to store my value. But what if I could program that money? What if I could, instead of send money back and forth, we could uh, have some sort of contract, uh, a smart contract to maybe do a loan or to do digital identity or the unlimited gambit of design. And that Ethereum, you know, in 2015 has essentially stirred the minds of like, hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs around the world where now we have NFTs, now we have DeFi, now we have ICOs, right? And it's uh, just a Cambrian explosion and uh, it changes every single day. It does. And, you know, I was listening, someone was talking about um, El Salvador adopting Bitcoin as legal tender and really what that means, right? Like, because I had heard that and okay, great, you know, and I just, but until I actually sit down and listen to that and really understanding what that can do for people. And then in this, what I was listening to on this um, podcast, they were talking about what that, what door that opens up where other people are going to, people may want to move from the U.S. to countries that are more, you know, crypto friendly, right? To be able to, um, again, like we were talking about, live more freer in this financial way, right? And be in, and so these kinds of things, when they come up, um, especially I think for people who are maybe, um, you know, there's a lot of naysayers about crypto and I mean, this isn't going away, right? It, it's here to stay. So it, it's a matter of how are you going to, how are you going to allow it to work for you? At least that's how I, I see it. Because there's also, you know, people talk about, well, who created Bitcoin? And um, is it just another, um, you know, way to get everybody into this digital currency, right? And control us in that way and all of this kind of stuff. And yes, I, I think from, you know, from my understanding of it, there is elements of that going on, right? But then there's the other elements of those that are true to the to why it was created for that freedom to give access to people give people access to money who don't normally have access and to be able to do this in a way that is for the user and not for the banks or the corporations or whoever else is trying to you know benefit from us totally yeah and and you know there's still kinks to be worked out it is not perfect in regards to sort of the creation of bitcoin satoshi nakamoto being anonymous the great thing, and, and this is sort of the pinnacle of why it's so good he's anonymous, is Bitcoin is open source and it's auditable and it's an open network that anyone can participate in. And that's why it doesn't matter who the leader was, whether it was the NSA or, or someone else or an Asian cryptographer right from Japan, you know, Nakamoto. At the end of the day, the code speaks for itself. It's now open source. It's auditable. And so there is no like hidden backdoor. There's no, he can't come back and go, oh, JK, time to turn it off. <laughs> right. Right? It's totally open. Right. And when you mentioned, you know, living free uh, in this, you know, theoretical unfree world, right, is 
what we're going to see now is crypto has given power back to the people where now we can hop on planes and fly away. We've, we've been able to do that for 20 years. We've been able to maybe travel and go places. Now you can bring your economic might with you. And luckily, countries you'll see over the next 5, 10, 20 years, this sort of regulatory arbitrage competitive landscape where countries are going to want to incentivize the entrepreneurs and the wealthy to come. And I hope the, the U.S., does in their best interest and say, hey, everyone come here, everyone come right. build, we'll protect you, we'll give you amazing things. I, and I, I'm concerned that instead they go the opposite of, oh, no, we actually want to subpoena all your records over $600 and track it and increase your taxes. And then people like me, people like you, entrepreneurs, content creators, we're like, all right, uh, let's see who offers us the best deal and we're right. going to go live there. And right. so luckily crypto makes it so they, when you do go there, you can bring your money with you. Right. And that's... Um... There's so much freedom in that, right? I mean, there's this, I think we, we get stuck in these mental, uh, almost like, I don't know, we put these mental blocks on ourselves and think that it's only this way, right? We're taught this when we grow up. The system tells us this. You're, you're told you, you should to fit into the system. You're, you're good then, right? You get the star for the day, right? You get into the system and you're, you're doing a good job for you. Right. And then we get stuck in this way of doing things and think that's the only way. And, you know, growing up when you're, when you move outside of the system or you do something that the system says isn't um, quote, right, then you're ridiculed or you're punished or, you know, all of these different things. And so I know when I got started with crypto, I felt like almost like I was doing something wrong, right? Because it was, I didn't really know what I was doing when I got started, but I knew I wanted to start. And I think that's one of the keys. If, if anybody is interested in this, but scared or nervous or whatever, you just have to do it. You just have to start. And you don't, you know, my advice to people is always, you know, start with small numbers, right? We're not saying go out and put your life savings in your first transaction, right? This is start small and, and work your way up. And, and that's how you build the confidence. But I know, like for me, my experience, like I said, I felt like it felt odd to me to go outside of the system. But once I did it and kept doing it and built more confidence and, you know, have conversations like this, then it was like, it just opened up. And it, it, it was like, just all of a sudden, it just, it just, clicked with me and I could see the benefit of this. I could see how I could use this in my life because being my own bank is one of my, that's like my number one goal is getting everything, you know, lined up, set up, make sure that I'm, you know, because I, that to me is the ultimate freedom right there. Um, but it, it's, uh, so I get, so my point with saying all that is that there's, there's this, I don't know, it's almost like a, you have to be willing to take that step outside of your comfort zone, I think, and, and, and learn about this, become involved try something, try it again and try it again, right? Until you, until it clicks with you. And, um, and so in, 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 because you go through that doesn't make the process wrong, right? Cause I think sometimes we feel like, oh, if I'm unsure, all these other people are so confident. I'm not that confident. So I can't get started yet. Right. Well, you don't want to be sitting here five years from now still saying, you, you know, it, it just get started. And I think, um, especially with finances, people get, worried or concerned. It's your money, right? It's, it's so personal, right? But that's why I say start small. You don't have to start with everything in the bank from day one, right? Start small, work your way up and the confidence will come. Agreed. And that's where, you know, places like Coinbase or, or so many, I mean, I can pitch any of the apps. Right. You can literally just do like $5. Like I even tell people who are, are wanting to get started, 
whether it's $10 a month or $1,000 a month, I think it's good to start doing your research, set up a, a reoccurring deposit, because even small investments over the course of many years, especially with crypto, which is, I mean, explosive in growth if you're investing in the right things, you know, even $50 a month, you know, you, you lose a couple of meals out perhaps, uh, likely will be thousands and thousands of dollars or more, right? Depending where this goes. And it right. does feel weird at first. And if you think about it, how many um, people were killed throughout history for saying that the sun, the the earth was not the center of the universe or right. uh, that the stars were not actually just gods or, or whatever that might be. And we're at another point now that, you know, anyone who at this point says that crypto is bad or crypto is, is going to go away or anything, it's simply they, it means they have not done their due diligence. Right. And, or, you know, there's, there's two things there. Either they haven't done their due diligence or they have perverse incentives to make you not adopt it, right? Like maybe they're selling their stocks and bonds, or maybe they work for the banks and they don't want this to come right. about. But right. there's only those kind of two people. I mean, you know, I could stand head to head with anyone in the world and, and discuss this openly. And, um, you know, we'd find common ground and they would say, hey, there is value in that. Maybe I'm not going to invest in it, but they at least would see the value. So right. if anyone tells you it's rat poison or it's going away, you know, you just, you got, you kind of can laugh at those people at that point. Right. So if there's listeners, you know, get started. Doesn't matter if it's five bucks, hop on podcasts and listen. Uh, it's good to just start, start pushing the horse a little bit. Yeah. So let's talk about what I trust does with crypto IRAs. Cause that is out of the box. And some people may be like, you know, cause I've looked into this and I'm, I'm still, un I'm, I'm unclear on how it works. Um, especially in such a highly regulated area such as IRAs. So can you talk a little bit about that and how it works and also the benefits? Yeah. Yeah. So retirement accounts are something that have existed in America for, for quite a few years, you know, whether they're 401ks or IRAs, uh, you know, I'll kind of segment those. So 401ks, 403bs, TSPs, there's these random um, things you'll hear about. And these are employer sponsored plans, right? You work for the government, you have a TSP or a um, uh, something like that. If you work for a private company, you have a 401k, right? And you can put away money. If you work for the schools or the public sector, you have a 403b. You can put away money. It grows for retirement account. You also have something separate, which are IRAs. These are individual retirement accounts. These are things that your work doesn't set up and that you can just go set up and you can contribute, you know, six grand a year and build it up over time. Now the government created IRAs in particular to incentivize Americans to save so that we don't have a retirement crisis in, in a 50 or 100 years, which now looking back at it, clearly not enough people adopted IRAs. Right. And the, bo the benefit there is if you do start saving, you get tremendous tax benefits. So there's a Roth IRA. You can put in six to 7,000 per year. You can't put in all your money at the same time, right? So it is meant to be built up over time, but that's, you know, 7K a year. That's great. I mean, 10, mm -hmm. 20 years, right? Um, now, the problem we're solving is the retirement account, the IRA industry has always been controlled by these few big boys who will sell you the mutual funds, they'll sell you the stocks, they'll sell you the bonds, but investing into say real estate or, or gold or, or crypto or anything more exotic was always incredibly difficult and or blocked off. Now, there is a subsection of an industry called self-directed IRAs where people would be able to take the IRA into sort of the more about their management. Now, not their security. You still have to have a custodian and things like that, but you can make the decisions for yourself. And so we're one of the first crypto retirement account companies where it's a self-directed IRA. Now it makes it sound confusing, you know, but all this stuff is in the background. Long story short, there's now a place where people can open up a retirement account. 
just like a Charles Schwab or a Fidelity. You know, you put in an email, you put in a password, you fund it with money, you have the tax benefits, but instead of stocks or bonds or these kind of boring assets, you can just buy Bitcoin or Ethereum mm-hmm. or a Chainlink, mm-hmm. right? And so this is a market that the demand is incredibly large. Uh, investors can either contribute, as I mentioned, with fresh money, or if they have another IRA or one of those employer plans, a 401k, a 403b, they can roll some of that over. So you know, some people will have firepower just sitting in an old job that it's doing nothing and they'll, right. they'll bring that over. And so it just gives you more choice over what is your, your sort of the best tax harbor you have. Like what you hear so far? Take what you've learned and invest in yourself with the Create What You Speak Academy. Visit createwhatyouspeak.com to learn more. Now back to the show. I have a self-directed IRA with Vanguard. And so that's one of the things that I've been concerned about is anything can happen with that, right? The They could flip a switch and decide that, you know, <laughs> I don't know, anything, right? Anything is possible. We see this all the time. And so, but I'm like, so what do I do with my 401k? I can't, obviously I'm not going to cash it in, right? And take a 40% penalty and um, deal with all that and stick it under the bed, right? That's not a good, a good um, thing to do. But with, so with the four or with, um, with what you're talking about with investing in crypto, so I could take a chunk of that money from my Vanguard IRA, move it into crypto. And then that's, that's another almost, you know, I guess, hedge against everything going on, right? It's in another, it's in another, um, asset essentially that has its own and especially in this one we don't have the what do you call that when it's like the the market influences or i don't know when yeah, in, the, cor- the correlation between the the current market yeah and so um i guess so when you do that then are you investing in is it only investing in bitcoin are you invest do you have a selection of crypto to invest in and are you and how do you how would someone pick is, does your team help people do that or how does that work yeah, good question. So, you know, you you could take a portion of that 401k or IRA from Vanguard and roll it over. So now say you have half at Vanguard, it's probably sitting in stocks or bonds. And now you have half at ITRIS Capital, it arrives as dollars, and it stays as dollars until you log in and make your selection, right? Okay. We have 25 plus cryptos. So that's where, you know, we do provide sort of uh, instruction and an overview of how the platform works and maybe light education on the assets, but we don't give financial advice. So, you know, we do put out a lot of high quality content. So it's up, it's up to the clients, you know, do the research. Do you feel comfortable in, in just Bitcoin and Ethereum? You know, the bigger caps, you know, still very kind of mainstream, incredibly good performance, probably less risky than some of the smaller coins. Or do you want to venture out into, you know, the decentralized applications like an Aave or a Uniswap, right? We sell those things too. Right. And the customer makes their profile. And you're, the great thing is you're buying real the real crypto assets, like the sort of bearer instrument itself. So it's stored in, in institutional cold storage. And so if, if the dollars keep being printed to infinity over the next 10 years, you know, you're holding on to those sort of provably scarce digital assets. Some of right. them will be giving cash flow. And, um, you know, some people might only say, hey, I only want to buy Bitcoin at iTrust Capital for two years. Bitcoin's going to go to 100K and I'm going to sell and I'm going to go back to Vanguard. You can totally do that. So whether right. you, it's sort of like a few year type of thing, I want to try it out and go back, or it's like a, I'm, I'm down all the way, it's very flexible. Okay. And so is it the same sort of rules with uh, with an IRA, like for example, with Vanguard, where is you, you roll it over, obviously you want to roll it over, you don't want to take possession of it and then you know deal with the tax implications of that. But is it, um, 
the same with you can't cash it in, right? Or you would get the penalty. Is it is it pretty much the same rules? It's just the investment vehicle is different. Is that really the main difference? Yeah. So so the vehicle is the same, right? So think of it like a house, right? Um, the rollover or the transfer is non-taxable. So there right. is no taxable events. And now think of it like a house, right? Your house, you used to have stocks and bonds inside of it. Everything you do inside of that house is sort of tax-free, but you can't take the money out and go buy a Lambo, right? You got to leave right. it in the tax shelter. Now, instead, you're just swapping it for stocks and, and you're making making it with crypto. You can still sell inside the IRA. So if you think, oh man, look at Bitcoin, it's it's 100,000. I don't feel comfortable. I just doubled my money. This is getting crazy. You can sell inside the IRA at iTrust Capital, go back to cash. There's no no penalties there. The only The only penalties with IRAs is if you go, okay, time to pull it out and go buy a, a, sport, a sports car, yeah. right? Yeah. If, if you, when you want to take money out, that's when you just talk to your CPA, your financial advisor, and there, there's sophisticated financial plans to get money out, right? It's, it's totally normal. Um, but you don't just go willy nilly and just whip right. it all out. That's okay. where you could have like a 10% penalty or something like that. Okay. And in the, um, so within the IRA, can you also invest in stable coins that are tied to the dollar to, if you're maybe not wanting to, or if you see that it goes way up and then you want to kind of waited out for a little bit are you able to do that too good this is often a very very common question and i always find it interesting kind of being so deep in, in the industry so stable coins what they are well there's different kinds of stable coins but the, the main one that most people consider are things like usdc or usdt what these things are is they're dollars that are installed in a bank account and then they issue that amount of value on on the blockchain so one mm -hmm. usdc is worth a dollar because there's a dollar in the bank account. Now, this is very useful if you want to do things in DeFi, you know, go deposit it into a smart contract, etc. But for the purposes of our platform, if you were to have Bitcoin and sell for dollars, you would now be safe in dollars. If you were to instead, though, have your Bitcoin and sell for USDC, you still have dollars, but now you actually might have more risk because you have like, you know, it's, it's built on top of the blockchain itself. So we have real dollars that are FDIC insured. Um, which theoretically are the same as stable coins. They're just uh, like less risky. And the only time you would want a stable coin is if you were doing like kind of like complex DeFi transactions or, right. or anything like that. So we don't have stable coins right now because there's not a real use. In the future, might we for, you know, like, like interest bearing and stuff like that, probably. But, um, you know, you can sell for dollars and, and it is stable value. Okay. And is it also if you... So the dollars are FD, FDIC insured, but if it's in the, in crypto, is it also FDIC insured or? Good question. So we have a $375 million, it might be $395, $375 million insurance policy that's through Coinbase Custody, one of our storage providers, another company called Curve, another one of our storage providers, which is owned by PayPal. So PayPal and Coinbase Custody, two of our kind of storage partners, there's around $375 million insurance there. FDIC in particular is, is a federal deposit insurance for cash. So FDIC is only for cash, but for crypto, we do have this like robust insurance policy as well. Okay, cool. Um, it's so interesting to me because again, it's just, it's so it's it's the same yet different right the 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 premise is the same and that's with really most of of crypto i mean it's the same concepts you have a wallet like you would have a physical wallet right you have um you're making transactions right you're you're loaning yourself like infinite banking right a lot of people use life insurance as a way to mm -hmm. um as, to be their own bank right it's the same with some of a lot of this stuff so it's 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 really um and i think when i 
got into this too. I was thinking about it that way. And I was like, well, that can't be right. But no, it really is, right? That, that's really what this is. It's a lot of the, it's the same concepts, just using a different um, um, method, really. Totally. Um, so, so there's, there's a lot with this, right? And this, and especially on this topic of money, right? Cause money is so personal and we don't want to go, it's hard to get sometimes involved with, like we said, when, when if we don't fully understand, but, um, can you share some examples of how we talked about a little bit about starting small with five and $10, but are there any other examples or any other, you know, kind of success stories you've seen in what you do to help people get started using DeFi and how it's really benefited them? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, it kind of depends on the gambit of like, you can still use centralized companies and it, it's not DeFi and there's still value, right? So if someone goes to like a Coinbase or an iTrust Capital, you know, we are not decentralized, like a decentralized protocol, right? Like we are corporations that are centralized, that believe in the success of the industry. And we offer you the ability to, to invest. Now, the good thing is what you have there is there are some benefits of centralization, right? Like if you store your own crypto and you don't really know about private key storage and you lose it or you get hacked, you can lose your money. Like with us or with, with Coinbase, you know, we're a centralized company who specializes in security. So you just keep your email and your password and you don't have to worry about security. So that's centralization, which has its pros, right? Just like it also has its right. cons. If you want to hop on a plane and you want your money now, that's not going to happen with iTrust Capital or with Coinbase. Right. So there's pros and cons. People want to find kind of where, where they're started. What I always say is start with the centralized companies who are selling you the decentralized assets, because that means you have the safety and the security of the storage, but you have the upside of the kind of investing in the technology. And so with crypto, there's kind of two things going on. You can invest in the technology or you can actually use the technology. So an example is if you buy Bitcoin, and you leave it at Coinbase, you are investing in the technology, but you're not really using it, right? Now, if you buy Bitcoin at Coinbase and then you download a wallet, you withdraw your Bitcoin to your wallet and then you send it to your friend, then you know you physically send it on the blockchain, you know, it costs you $10 in, in fees, right? Um, then you're kind of using the technology. So that's kind of step one, being able to withdraw and send it. That's sort of like, you know, wow, you're interacting with the blockchain, it's real. Now, once you have, withdrawn assets and you've sent assets before you now have the the world of like what is DeFi, right some of these some of these wallets on your phone they have essentially like an app store right it feels like right. the google play app store it feels like the apple app store and one of them is called ave right where you can deposit your money and earn interest another one is called um you know uniswap where you know i have one eth i want to swap that for a 500 chain link right and you can just right. swap it instantly and these different apps or services are are decentralized and they're protocols and they're competing with centralized companies. So Aave, you can earn interest. It's like a bank. It's competing with Bank of America, right? Uniswap, it's like a decentralized exchange. It's trustless. It's open source. That's competing with Coinbase. Now, the really exciting thing is even if you don't use Aave as a decentralized bank, if you buy the Aave tokens on Coinbase, you're investing in Aave. Right. And so right. if you believe like, hey, I, I think centralized banks are not the future. I think decentralized protocols that serve the whole world are attractive. Ave right now, as a fundamental investor, you know, not financial advice, one of the most exciting investments. I, I think Ave continues to do amazing things over the next 10 years. Um, and you don't have to be a user of Ave to just go buy it and hold it and, and 
be a cheerleader and hope it does well, yeah. or you can be both people, right? I use both and I, and I invest and that's the whole gamut, but you could start small, start centralized and maybe just look at DeFi and study DeFi and eventually yeah. use it. Right. And I think the way I try to look at it too, is I, I, I try to use what benefits me, right? <clears throat> I, I, we talk about the banks and, and <laughs> talk, you know, how they're, you know, shared our thoughts on that, but we really still, we really do still need the banks in some ways, right? Because like my, the example of my friend who um, borrowed against his crypto, well, to get his loan for himself out, he had to use his bank, right? He, he had to, his bank was connected to the exchange and he had to be able to, um, get his money out. So at this point where things are, we're not at a place where I don't think we can completely, you know, eliminate usage of banks. Now, in some instances, maybe depending on what's going on, but for me personally, I'm not at a place that I could do that. However, I do have the, I, I, in what I see the, the benefit of a lot of this is, like I said, being able to use each element when it benefits me the most. And that's another, I think, perspective shift because we're so used to being told it's this way or you have to do it this way. And now we have choices. We get to do things differently based on what might benefit me over the banks or the corporations or whoever. And that's another, I think, you know, element to this or, or something to think about when you're setting up it really, because for me, at least when I started, I got into this, like, okay, what's my plan with this? Like, what are my goals? What do I want to do? Right. I, do I want to go out and invest in a thousand coins a little bit at a time? Or do I want to kind of hone in on some things that I really believe in or, or you know, a, a, a project or, um, you know, whatever that looks like. And I, I'm setting it up, you know, and, and that, and then that was how I set things up. And that was my goals. That was, that was what dictated my behavior instead of randomly running around doing things and, oh, this looks good. Or this looks good. Or he said this, I should do that. Right. That, that, probably isn't the best strategy. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And so, you know, centralized companies provide value. They provide an on-ramp for you to invest and keep it simplistic. And it is super important to not get, um, it's easy to get distracted, right? Everyone has yes. probably their own favorite coin. And, you know, you'll tell people to buy GoPi Cardano. And then the next guy you walk up to will tell you to buy Algorand. And I can 99.9% .9 of the time, if you were to ask those guys some fundamental reasons why, Cardano is versus better versus Ethereum and what the difference between Algorand is. They don't know. It's like, it's like, right. a, it's like, a, it's like a favorite. It's my favorite coin and I want it to go up. Right. So I like it. Yeah. They, they just like it. And, and oh, there's a lot of talking heads out there on YouTube or whatever it is that, you know, they might not necessarily be st steering people in the right direction. So that's why I usually say start small, start with Bitcoin and Ethereum and just do due diligence. And um, it's important to try to know that anytime you read something about another coin, it's usually based on some sort of marketing narrative, right? right and and right. and it's good to talk to technologists, right? Talk to guys who actually have studied blockchain and actually have used apps because you know there's things that are really hyped right now, like like a Cardano that I fundamentally fundamentally am not interested in from a technology layer. And conversations I've had with people who love it, they're not interested in the conversation discussion. They're interested in the moon the moon discussion. Right. So it's it's good to be safe, start slow and and you know, learn over time. Right. And that leads me to another question I had was, you know, there's a lot of scams in crypto, you know, there's a, a, a lot out there. So what are a couple of things that you would recommend to the listeners to really look out for or red flags, you know, things like that, that you see? Yeah. That, and that's why it's best, you know, only stick with really big companies at first that you trust, like a Coinbase, like a Nitrust Capital, like a, a Gemini or Kraken. Um, usually if you're, if you're working with a centralized company, see if you can schedule a call and talk to a human. Right. Because 
that's another problem. Some of these companies, yeah. yeah, they'll take your money and they'll sell you crypto, but will they answer your call if there's an issue? Uh, and then I sort of don't send your money to anyone offering you anything. There's a lot of these things that you'll see is, you know, a giveaway. You send half a Bitcoin, you get one Bitcoin back. Yeah. You'd be surprised. I mean, that's at- just, yeah. Like it's like but people um, still fall for it. It's incredible. The Nigerian prince sending you the email telling you if you just you know like really like no. I mean, come on. We all know deep down that these things are a scam, and it's no different in crypto, right? <laughs> totally. Yeah. You just got to look at incentives. Like, what is the incentive for someone to give you back more than you sent? Right. And there is no incentive there. So, um, and you know, with NFTs, I'd say right now your listeners probably have heard about NFTs. I think NFTs are really great from an art perspective. I think that they can change the world in terms of like programming value. But a lot of people are now thinking NFTs as investments. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm a big NFT investor, have a a portfolio that I find incredible. And, you know, I'm wearing a shirt from something called the Bored Ape Yacht Crew, which is these apes that are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? I don't think that normal people should be investing in NFTs. I think if you like one for the art, buy it. But do you want an art that costs you $5,000, $10,000? Probably not. Uh, And if if someone really likes the art and it costs $10,000, maybe print it and just put it up and then you don't have to buy the NFT. But, uh, you know, I'm worried right now that I think a lot of people are allocating capital and buying NFTs when they probably should be buying DeFi. And DeFi is very quiet right now. NFTs are very loud. Usually you want to buy NFTs when they're quiet and then uh, you know, so, you know, be contrarian. Yeah. I'll tell people. Yeah, no, that's totally, that's, that's great advice, especially because anything that's hyped up is already, the hype is, you know what I mean? You want to, you want to, I don't know. I feel like it's, you want to look at the other side, the one that nobody's talking about, right? That, yep. and that's what I love about a lot of this is like finding those gems that are, you know, at least to me are a gem or I'm really interested in, or I really like, I believe in the project, you know, whatever it is that they're doing. Those are, mm-hmm. um, at least to me, it, it, the ones that I get excited about. Totally. Yeah. And there's a lot of opportunity for people to do research and, you know, buying coins that are, are not, you know, really big boy coins and, and, and well-known. There's still a strategy there. Um, mm-hmm. You just want to maybe keep your allocation down, right? Just right. because some people yeah. will just go crazy. I'm, I'm going all in on whatever Rocket Pool and like Rocket Pool is something that I love. It's not even in the top 200. It's fundamentally super valuable technology and it's relatively inexpensive, but you don't go all in on it, right? You right. know, you, you, a few percentage points maybe. And then if it does a 10X, hey, that's now it's 10, 20, 30%. So. Right. Yes. Um, so as we wrap up the show today, what's one piece of advice you'd give the listeners to help them really shift their perspective to help them live free in, like we said, what feels like an unfree world, especially as it relates to finances? Yeah. So I would say it's important to, if they haven't, whether it's with iTrust or with any company, make sure that they start looking into retirement accounts. The biggest problem right now is most Americans, if they're not saving, if they are saving, which most are not, uh, they're not looking at the the tax issues, right? Where, you know, if you are able to accumulate a couple hundred thousand dollars down the line and get ready to retire, you know, a million or more, then they're like, they never thought about it. Like, oh, well, if I sell this, I have to give like 50% to the government, right? You know, California will take like 15%. The feds will take 30, 40, whatever, depending. And so, you know, retirement accounts are super crucial. Uh, I work in this industry because I explicitly believe that like financial planning and retirement accounts are, are very important and people don't do them. And I believe crypto assets are going to like completely right. take over the world. And it's this like once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, and then the other thing is like, do research, listen to high quality information, get a lot of different inputs. So um, if you talk to someone who likes one thing, 
you know, go Google or listen to someone who hates that same thing. So you can yeah. get both inputs yeah. um, rather than like living in an echo chamber. Yeah, that's great. I think that's great advice in, in life in general, right? To be able to do that. And then the, um, you were saying what you were just saying about, um, oh shoot, I lost my train of thought on what the you retirement account taxes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And just about the, you know, the tax thinking about it from, if there's anything that would, um, you know, I think motivate people to look into this or, uh, you know, take action is that desire to not to have to pay any more taxes than, you know, than is required. Right. And there's, there's, um, people out there to help you do that just like Anthony. So, um, Anthony, I want to thank you for joining us this week and can you share with the listeners how they can find out more about you and I trust capital? Yeah. So I'm on Twitter. If you guys like crypto degenerate commentary, I decentralized. So I like an <laughs> Apple product decentralized. Um, and then I trust capital, uh, just a coincidence at I like a lowercase I trust capital or I trust capital.com. Just to clarify, I'm not a tax advisor, not a financial advisor, just a kind of crypto investor who, uh, you know, believes these things of the future and, and people should really start considering it and uh, just get good, get good consultation. Yeah, I, I like that. I'll link to all your um, social media in the show notes and your website so people can find you. And and yes, just as a reminder, nothing we talked about here today is financial advice. We're just both um, love this topic, love the conversation. So I'm so glad that you joined me this week. Um, and just these kinds of conversations I think are so important. And so thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Hopefully your viewers get a, a lot of good insight and this was enjoyable. Yeah, great. So thanks for joining everyone this week on the Create What You Speak podcast. Make sure to visit sloanfremont.com where you can su subscribe to the show and your favorite podcast player so you'll never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you found value in the show, I'd appreciate a positive rating in Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. Also remember, I have my Create What You Speak Academy at createwhatyouspeak.com. So thanks for listening and be sure to tune in next week where I will continue to give you real life solutions to help you live free in an unfree world.